Iowa is a podcast highlighting innovators and leaders across the state of Iowa. It's hosted by the Technology Association of Iowa, an organization that serves as the uniting force for Iowa's technology community. Visit technologyiowa.org to learn more about how to get involved. My name is Beth Trejo, and I'll be your host for today's show. to our guest today, Jens Zala. Um, he is the co-founder of Shaking Earth Digital in West Liberty, and we are excited to start the conversation. Welcome, Jens. Thanks for having me. Yes. So I'm interested to hear a little bit about you and your business, Shaking Earth Digital. Um, tell me about your background, your education, and a little bit about your company. Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Germany, and I've kind of traveled all over, though, and ended up in the U.S. Um, so I've always loved art and technology. So I actually ended up going to art school instead of like computer science school, uh, but always kind of was involved with computers and ended up studying computer arts first at the Art Institute in Fort Lauderdale and then at the um, Academy of Art in San Francisco. And when I graduated from there, I ended up going to the visual effects industry. So I ended up working on like movies and commercials and things like that. Um, did that for about 12 years. And that was right around the time that smartphones became really popular. Um, and it was a time where, you know, there wasn't an app for everything yet. And so I started dabbling in that and found that I really loved it. And so I started moving away from working on movies and just started doing development work. Um, and eventually that kind of evolved into what Shaking Earth is now. Awesome. And so your company is in West Liberty, is that correct? That's correct. And how did you come to that side of Iowa or tell me how that connection kind of yeah. developed? <laughs> um, so we, we were living out in Los Angeles and, uh, that's where kind of I was doing most of my work. And, uh, my wife is originally from Iowa and from West Liberty, so we would visit a lot, and, and I always really kind of liked it here. Uh, where I grew up in Germany it was actually a small place, you know, surrounded by cornfields, field, so I felt right at home. Um, and we ended up having our first child, and we were still out in L.A., and we had, like, no family support, and, you know, costs out there are just crazy. So we thought, hey, let's give this a shot. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we gave it a shot, and, you know, everybody thought – Everybody out there thought we were crazy for moving to Iowa, and everybody in Iowa thought I was crazy for going to West Liberty, but but it all worked out. So Yeah, yeah. I think West Liberty is a great town, um, and I, you get kind of a relatively close access to lots of other areas um, to kind of expand your entertainment and food and all sorts of things. Tell me a little bit about your team and your company. So you guys do apps, app development, mobile app development. How big is your team and what are some of the like core problems that you solve or how are you a little bit different? Yeah. Um, so we're a team of eight and that's with six developers. Um, so mainly what I like to say is we, we work on emerging technologies. We work with a lot of interesting new technologies and we help people figure out how to utilize them and how to use them. Uh, you know, at its base, that's essentially building apps, but it's trying to build apps to do really interesting and new things. Um, we've been very involved with virtual reality uh, for the last five, six years and have been creating um, a lot of apps and different technologies for that. Um, you know, of course, we're now working with augmented reality and such, but um, really, I don't, you know, I don't like to kind of pigeonhole us in that. It's, it's kind of the new technologies that we end up working on um, just in general as they come out. Um, so that's that's kind of our main focus and kind of 
uh, what makes us a little bit different from a house that just kind of churns on things. We don't like to churn that much, you know, doing the same thing over and over. We like to kind of explore new, new ways to use technology. Do you have any examples or um, cool projects that you guys are working on? Um, I think that the whole kind of emerging technology space is so fascinating, but I, I think it also is really difficult to understand how maybe AR or VR could make an impact in people's day-to-day lives or businesses that maybe wouldn't traditionally think about those tools. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, we've been really lucky in in the the few years that we've had the company. Um, you know, we've had really great clients. Like we've worked with Google and Samsung and National Geographic and Al Jazeera. Um, so, a really cool project that uh, we've been working on for the last couple of years has been with National Geographic and a company called Spaces. Um, and basically, what they wanted to do, National Geographic has this really cool theater in Washington D.C. where you know, their explorers and their photographers come and present on, you know, the work they've done and the places they've been. And they wanted a way to make it even more personal, you know, kind of make make it feel like you're there with them, you know, as they're exploring. So they, they created this virtual explorer uh, project. And we did a test run with them in at the end of 2017, where we basically had uh, 450 virtual reality devices and um, explorer Mike Lebecki was up there and basically telling people about the places he went. And then at one point in the presentation, he was like, hey, everybody now grab this virtual reality headset, put it on, you're gonna go exploring with me. And so everybody was able to kind of jump in and see exactly where he was on the top of the mountains in Peru and different places and kind of feel like they were there with them. Um, and they liked it so much that we basically made this a permanent installation. So uh, you can now go to DC, to the theater, and explore all these amazing places as the explorer is there kind of telling you about it. And it's a really amazing experience. Um, and so for that project, we created uh, basically the technology to make it happen. We uh, created a special app that would run on the virtual reality headsets that allowed us to synchronize them all. And then we had to write additional software to you know, be able to run the whole show from the booth so that we can kind of activate and load the right things. And um, a big part of that actually was also about how to get the content onto that many devices. Um, so we had to build out a special custom network with them. And we worked with another local company here called Shift9 to make that happen. But that was, that's been an amazing project and that is an ongoing, uh, ongoing thing that they're, you know, using right now. And that's, uh, it's really rewarding and cool. Awesome. I think that would be really fun to go see. Um, you kind of get to experience, um, that without all the risk and travel. So, um, that's, (laughs) that's exciting. Um, I also love that you're able to mix kind of the art background that you have and the science. I think that there's a lot of misconception for people that are looking to get into technology that it has to, you know, be this like hard coding experience when I think there's a lot of opportunities for creativity. Um, what's your thoughts on that? And do you see that that kind of artistic or creative lens playing a role in your day-to-day kind of execution of technology? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a huge asset, especially with some of these new technologies like VR and AR. Um, they have to be, you, you have to have some art in there. You have to have things to look at, you know, and, and, and making that work is, is important. Um, so I really value some sort of artistic background in, you know, my employees um, and I think just in general, it really helps to have some sensibility of, you know, how people are going to use it, how, 
uh, you interact with and what you see. Um, that's, those are all very diff difficult things. And, um, you know, especially as VR was developing, we, we saw this period where uh, we were giving traditional artists new challenges and it was very kind of hard for them to handle. You know, you, you, you try to design an interface for a three-dimensional world and an artist is always going to be drawing on a flat piece of paper. So suddenly we needed new tools to make that happen, you know, and, and new ways to design art. And, and it really took the people that kind of have that, you know, artistic and technology interest to make that happen. I think we saw a lot of people from uh, the visual effects industry, which I used to be in, kind of move into VR because those people tend to kind of have that blend of artistic and um, uh, techno technological, you know, prowess. So we saw a lot of that. Um, one project that we were working on right now actually is an educational project, and it's uh, it's called IDR, and we're basically creating software for students to learn how to code and interact with technology through virtual reality. Oh, and a big focus there was to make sure that it is very visual and and interactive. And I think that's really going to open technology up to kind of a wider range of people than are using it right now. Because um, when I went to art school, I saw it. I saw so many people struggling with the technology piece or the, like the science piece or the math piece. And, and I think that's a real shame. And so hopefully, hopefully that's going to change with all the cool new stuff that's coming out. For sure. Um, bridge that a little bit more. What well, what advice would you give to maybe a student or somebody even you know mid um, life career change if they want to get into kind of the visual effects of technology? Where should they start? What's the best way to do that? I mean, my feeling has always been do what you like to do. You know, like right. I don't uh, I get I don't get hung up on like software or things like that. You know, like cause I've had I've had students ask me a lot like oh which piece of software should I learn. And it's like, oh, learn whatever you want, you know, like it's at the end of the day, it's more important that you love what you're doing and you're you're effective at what you're doing than, you know, trying to learn the one thing that's going to get you ahead. The one thing that's going to get you ahead is by showing that you are passionate and can do the work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my biggest piece of advice would be, you know, do the work, do do get out there and, and just do a lot. I mean, I got my first job by basically just being out there in the community and just doing a lot and constantly talking to people. Um, and I think that matters more than anything else. That is some awesome advice. Kind of circling back to where you guys are at geographically, you know, obviously in Iowa, What, where do you see the technology space growing and developing um, throughout the state, whether that's finding employees or clients um, or even just kind of partnerships? Where do you see things and um, what would you like to see happen in the future? So I think there are a couple, you know, a couple things that are a little bit tougher about being in Iowa on the employee side, especially, you know, we, we don't have that many people here and the people who get the really good degrees end up leaving. So I think that's definitely something that needs to change. And I'm hoping you know, various educational efforts that are ongoing right now are going to just produce more people that we can employ as we kind of move towards more of a computing workforce than what we have right now. You know, client-wise, I think we're actually doing all right because having moved out here, you know, most of our clients are in completely different places. I think we have one local client. Uh, and so that part, I think, doesn't matter as much. And we're going to keep seeing the technology get better and better as far as communicating remotely and meeting remotely and things like that. So I think we're good there. Um, 
on a completely different thread, I think one thing that's excite that's potentially exciting for like a, for rural areas is like self-driving cars. Actually, what I want to see is I want to see self-driving cars in small places like West Liberty, where you know we don't even have buses or anything. You know, like so it's like everybody here has to have a car. So you have these families that have two, three cars because they have to, and I think that could go away if we had some self-driving cars because you know large cities are so kind of fortunate with having access to Uber and you know being able to punch it in the cars there within 5 minutes you know that's that's a lot easier than trying to find parking and then rock to your car and get it you know so if we can get rural areas to have self-driving cars that could basically work as driving like ride services you know then I can call it up you know my car will be there pick me up in a couple minutes and drop me off wherever I need to be I think that's going to allow people to get rid of their second car their third car and it's going to open up our roads and I, I think it has potential to do some really cool things for, for rural areas. I love that. I never thought about it in the rural space and probably some of the challenges that you'd have to deal with in the cities may not be as um, you know as prevalent if you're in a small community with a lot less cars and traffic and all those other dynamics that probably come into play with that technology itself. So I'd sign up, that's for sure. So one last question, what is the greatest advice you've ever been given? That is a really tough one. Um, I, I don't know that I can really pinpoint one. Um, I, I've had, you know, I've, I've received a lot of advice over the years and trying to think, uh, I, I think, and, I, and honestly, I don't know if it was one person that told me that or if it's something that I just sort of like have heard over and over, but never feel like you're stuck in one place. You know, like it, the, the next thing is so much closer than you think, you know, like so I, I felt like any time I made a big change in my life, it worked out fine. You know, like when I was in Florida, I had a teacher say, hey, you should go out to San Francisco. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And you know, I just went out to San Francisco, like without really much planning or thought. And it worked out great. When I got my first job, it was like, oh, you should come down here to L.A. And I was like, sure, let's do that, you know, and went down there. And I, and I felt like I've made a lot of these kind of big leaps in my life, you know, kind of coming out to Iowa. That one probably was a little bit more forethought. But overall, you know, like I, I think it's always scary to consider big changes, but they always work out. It always works out. So I, I would say, you know, like if, if you're doing something you don't like, you know, just just make a change. It'll work out, like no matter how scary that may seem. I think that's great advice. And we are going to wrap up today. So, Yen, thank you so much for joining us. I had a really um, great insights on your company and really enjoyed the conversation. So appreciate your time today. And thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. The TAI Technically Iowa podcast is sponsored by the Iowa Economic Development Authority, or IEDA. Our state has the second lowest cost of doing business in the country. Let IEDA help you get started at Iowa. EDA.com.